So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey folks, welcome back to Raising Daughters. Dr. Tim Jordan here. And for those of you who have been with me for a while, welcome back. For those of you who may be new to this podcast, thank you for stopping by. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician. I've been putting out these podcasts more often because people give me feedback that, that says they'd rather listen to podcasts and read my blogs um, just because of timing and because it's convenient. So I've been doing more like three podcasts a month, maybe one blog. Always on topics that have to do with parenting, and especially in particular, parenting girls, parenting your daughters, or if you're a teacher, teaching girls, or anybody who works with girls. So I thought today I would give you 10 really important questions to ask your daughters, 10 crucial questions that will help you become not only closer to your daughter, but to be able to understand them better, how they think, how they feel, what's going on for them, and also some questions that have to do with kind of parenting, if you will. Let me get started, and these are in no particular order. Let me get started, and I think you'll get a sense of why these questions might be important. The first question is, why do you love what you do? So if you're a dancer, why do you love to dance? If you're in theater, why do you love to act? If you love to paint, why do you love to paint? Why do you love playing volleyball or soccer or whatever they're doing? I want your daughters to be intrinsically motivated. I want them doing things for their reasons. Not to please us, not to disappoint us. Uh, and a lot of girls, I think, are wired that way. Let me give you some examples that might help you understand what I'm saying. A couple years ago, I had two girls who came into my counseling practice in the same week. Uh, one was nine, one was ten, just different girls. So first one was a nine-year-old, and she came in because she was stressed out because she had been on this new competitive dance team and she got really anxious and all stressed out. And I asked her what, you know, what, what she was worried about. She said she was worried that she was going to make a mistake and be kicked off the squad and be judged by the other dancers. And I asked her, you know, why do you like dance? And she said, I love the competitions. And I said, well, why do you love the competitions? And she said, and this is her quote, I love the costumes and being on stage too because there's so much room to dance and I can feel so free. Very insightful for a nine-year-old, right? A few days later, another girl came in. She was 10, also a dancer. Also, she came in because she was stressed out. And I asked her, why do you like to dance? And she said, I love how graceful it is and how calm, especially ballet. The music and the dancing really calms me down. That's important for you to know that that's going on inside of your daughters, that that's their intrinsic motivation. That's why they love doing what they're doing. I had a 17-year-old in my office a couple years ago, and she loved musical theater. She spent a lot of energy, a lot of time doing that. I asked her, you know, what do you love about musical theater? And this 17-year-old said, I love to sing and I love to dance. And I especially love to tell stories. 
It's like I love to take an audience on a journey. I love the close relationship that I have with my teammates. I was teaching a father-daughter retreat with my wife several years ago, and we were talking to the dads uh, separately. These were girls who were seven to nine years of age. We were talking about this motivation thing and asking your daughters why they do what they do. And then we had the dads and the daughters together for a little uh, segment. And so I asked the girls for a volunteer, and one of this girl in the front row raised her hand. She was sitting on her dad's lap. So I said, what's your favorite thing to do? And she said, I love to dance, another dancer. And I said, well, why do you like dancing so much? And she said, I like dancing because, like when I first go out there, it's kind of fun, and the, the, the teacher is telling us what to do. But after a while, I kind of do my own thing. She said, I love to just kind of create my own steps, my own routine. She said, I love to be in control. And I'll never forget, her dad was sitting right behind her because she was sitting in his lap. And he was nodding his head like, what is this? I've never heard this before. Because he's never asked. So I want you to ask, what's your reason for doing things? You'll find out why your kids have certain interests and certain passions. Because if they learn to identify with that, they learn to understand that that's their intrinsic motivation. They'll be much more engaged in whatever they do, whether it's their homework or whether it's reading or drawing or dance or sports or whatever it may be. They'll be more engaged and they'll get more fulfillment and joy from it. And they'll be touching in continually with their intrinsic motivation, which they will take with them when they leave home. Because you're not going to be there, I hope in their dorm room, cheerleading them and patting them on the back and trying to motivate them. They've got to learn how to do it themselves. This is one way to do that. Ask why they love to do things, mirror it back, and let them internalize it. Another question. If they are struggling with something, if they've got a problem in some way, instead of jumping in and rescuing them and doing things for them, I would much rather you ask this question. So, what will you do? So if they come to you and say, I can't find my soccer shoes, I wouldn't say, well, look, come on, you're always losing those things. You'd lose your head if it, didn't have attached, if it didn't have it attached to your neck. What you do is say, what could you do? What will you do? I don't know. Well, think about it. And then I would ask another, other questions around that, like, what have you tried? What could you do different? How could you approach this problem in a different way? What have you done in the past when you felt stuck like this? Or why don't you try this solution and then let me, let me see or let me know what happens. I get lots of kids sometimes who come to me who are upset because their teachers are, aren't being kind or, or their teachers are yelling at the other kids or a second grader one time was upset about that. She felt like the teacher was yelling at certain kids. And they, they actually, this is a true story, they were kids who were from the city in St. Louis. So most of them had, had uh, dark skin. Uh, and so it bothered her because she felt like the teacher was yelling at those kids more than, than the uh, Caucasian kids. And so uh, she was really upset by that and didn't want to go to school, which is why I was seeing her in my counseling practice. So we, I talked to her, I listened to her mostly, and then I suggested to her that she might need to sit down and have a conversation with the teacher to let the teacher know how she was feeling and what she wanted. And if she was scared to do that, I understood. She didn't have to, but... I didn't want her to feel like she was just holding on to all this emotion and kind of sort of being a victim to it. I said, it's okay if your dad or your mom goes with you, but I do not want them talking for you. 
They can only like sit in the back of the room. This is something I want you to do for yourself. And this girl did it. She set up a meeting with her teacher and she told her how she felt. And the teacher said she wasn't aware of that and she wasn't aware and she was so glad that this girl had brought it to her attention. And, and the girl felt like, because I saw her back in a follow-up visit, she felt like things had gotten better. I've had lots of girls do that over the years, set up, set up meetings with teachers or coaches. And oftentimes they get a good result, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes the teacher doesn't listen or the teacher doesn't change her way, or they don't get more playing time, but they still feel empowered because they tried. Because they stood up and they spoke up their mind and they, and they advocated for themselves. And that feels empowering to kids. I've had several girls in the past six months, especially, who were doing you know, virtual schooling because of the pandemic or part-time virtual schooling. And there were a lot of kids struggling with doing schoolwork that way because there's no teacher there to ask questions to. And even though they can supposedly type in questions, a lot of times there's a long lag time. It might be hours or never before they get a response. And some kids need that physical body there when they're to learn. And so I've encouraged them to set up a meeting with their teacher and let them know that they're getting behind. It's, it's not because they're not motivated. It's not because they don't care. It's because they need to be able to ask questions. And therefore, how can they get more support from their teacher? So if you help, if you help kids to identify what's going on, if you help them to, sol to you know, solve the problem on their own, i.e., Come up with their own solutions as best as, as best as possible. And then check in with them and ask them, you know, what happened? What was your result? That's a great way to teach kids to take responsibility for their problem solving, which will obviously prepare them for their future. And they'll become much more confident and have a much higher level of self-efficacy. And all those things are good to leave home with when you're 18. It also gives them the experience that if they they bump into some obstacles and some challenges when they're away from home, like in college, for instance, that they know that they have, that they can overcome it. They're optimistic and they're hopeful because they've done it before. They've done it lots of times because you allowed it. And a, a kid's level, a young adult's level of hope and optimism is a, is a predictive factor for success in college. So that question, so what will you do, is an important one. Question number three, if your kids make a mistake, if they are hurtful to somebody, I would ask them the question, so what's the effect of your mistake on the other person? What's the effect of your action or your actions on other people? One of the best ways for kids to develop empathy or more empathy is to have them get into the shoes of other people, walk around in, in it for a while and get a sense of their perspective, how it feels for them. That's the same way if you make a mistake. Get in their shoes and get a sense of how might this be affecting them. Because when you do that, your kids will develop more empathy and that is a great way to strengthen their motivation to do the right thing the next time and avoid making the same mistake in the future. I've read about some research many years ago by Samuel and Pearl Oliner, O-L-I-N-E-R, I believe is how it's spelled. They did some research of, of some people after World War II. This is when they did the research. But they were looking at people who, during the war, in Germany, people who were non-Jewish people who had gone out of their way and had the courage to do things to help the Jewish people. Hiding people, whatever. And they 
looked at these people as if, as if to, to figure out what was different about them. What allowed them to do that when most people just turned their back? And one of the things that they found was that they had parents, these, these people who are now adults, they had, had parents growing up who did ask them about the effect of their actions on other people. They had taught them to reflect on victims who had suffered an injustice. And they found that when people had grown up with that kind of parenting, they were more likely as grown-ups to, to speak up because they had been activated. They had activated their empathetic anger. That's what they call it, empathetic anger, which is like the desire to right wrongs done to other people because of their high level of empathy. They'd internalize a, a sense of social responsibility. So if your kid steals, steals a, a bag of candy or, or some gum from a store, you might think it's not that big of a deal, but you could ask them to get in the shoes of the owner of the store. How might that affect them? You know, if this, we're going through COVID in the last year. People's businesses are hurting. People are losing money, etc., etc. So they might get in those shoes and see that, see that, see that mistake from their point of view. If, they, if there's something going on in their friend group and people are making fun of somebody and your daughter isn't standing up for that friend, you might want to have them get in the shoes of their friend and say, I wonder how it feels for them when their friends aren't standing up for them. So, what's the effect of your actions or your mistake on other people? Help them develop more empathy to do the right thing the next time. Here's a good question. If somebody does something you don't like, like one of your friends doesn't stand up for you, or you, you go to a party with one of your friends and you see them vaping or drinking, and, and that's something that's unusual for them. Instead of being judgmental and critical, a good question for them is, why do you think she acted that way? Why do you think your friend acted that way? And then get your daughter to be thinking in terms of, there's always a reason why people behave the way they do. And especially if people are acting, quote unquote, unreasonably, there's always a reason why that's happening. And so try and get in their shoes and see it from their point of view again. Try and understand the underlying reason for why people are acting that way. I don't want your kids growing up with lots of judgments and criticism in their hearts. I want them to learn to see their friends and all people through the eyes of understanding. That'll keep them in a much better frame of mind, takes away a lot of tension and unrest, um, and it helps them to be more understanding, empathetic, and therefore more close with their, with their friends. A similar question, which would be good to ask your daughters, is if you notice them doing something that's out of character, ask them the exact same question. You know, you might say something like, that's not really like you. I'm just curious about, about why you think you acted that way. Uh, about a year ago, I saw a girl in my counseling practice who had been caught sneaking out to meet up with a guy and her, one of her friends and, his, and her uh, boyfriend. And that was unlike her. And so she got in trouble and, they, and there were some other things going on. But anyway, they brought this girl in to see me. And I think she was like 15. And, and so I was, I was curious about, you know, what was her reason for acting that way. And what I like to do with kids when they make mistakes is have them go back in time to that moment when they had to make a choice, should I or shouldn't I? 
and then to to recognize that within themselves there's an alarm that goes off that says, eh, you might want to think about this. This may not be a good decision. And if they don't listen to their alarm and they end up doing the, uh, something that's not in their best interest or it's a mistake, I want them to understand why they ignored the alarm. So I asked this girl to go back in time and she remembered that moment when her she her friend was over there was over at her house at, a, at like a sleepover and the boys called and they were like hey come on outside you know let's go to the park and so she knew it wasn't the right thing to do and the reason she ignored her alarm and made the mistake the reason she acted that way was she'd had a, a long history in grade school and middle school of being ditched by friends despite the fact that this was a really incredible, awesome, insightful girl. She had a hard time finding girls who, who connected with her in the, at that deep level which she wanted. And also, she could be kind of silly in a fun way. And girls sometimes got judged, or girls judged her. And then she started hanging out with the guys because she's kind of like a jock. And so then the girls got jealous, so then they started putting her down more. But anyway, she, she came into high school with this belief system that she wasn't good enough, She's, she's going to be judged. What's wrong with her? She's not very pretty. And so the reason she was willing to sneak out that night was this boy had shown interest in her for the previous two weeks. And she really liked him. And she had never had a boyfriend. And she was worried that if she said no, that he would think, oh, she's lame. And, and he would move on to some other girl. I remember her telling me, she said, I really like this guy. He's really cute. He's one of the popular boys. I have no idea why he wants to be with me. She actually said that, and that's why she gave in. That's why she acted that way. She had a reason, like we all have reasons when we make bad choices. So it's good for you to help your daughters figure out why they make mistakes so that then they can make commitments to themselves about what's going to be different. Like, for instance, this girl needed to work on her self-confidence. She needed to start taking care of herself. She needed to reframe those negative beliefs she had about herself because some some of her girlfriends back in grade school and middle school had ditched her. So why do you think you acted that way? Another question. If you notice your daughter is upset, more moody, more quiet, more withdrawn, it's important that she learns to check in with herself. I see girls in my office all the time who uh, come in because they've been depressed or they're anxious or whatever, and, I, and I'll just... I, Literally, within the first two minutes, I'll ask them a question, and they start bawling. They start crying. And I'll say to them, you know, what's going on? What are you feeling? And so many times they say to me, I don't know. I just, I can't stop it. Once I start, I can't stop. They don't know why it's leaking out. So a good question to ask your daughters when you notice that they're not themselves. And this is, by the way, not when they walk in from school, because they need some time to probably go to their room and have some quiet time, whatever. But the good question is, what are you feeling? And especially, what do you need? What do you need to, take, to do to take care of yourself? And or what do you need from me? When girls, or any of us, by the way, are upset, or hurting, we're really anxious, our amygdala, the emotional center of our brain, is activated and, and going over time. And sometimes we get overwhelmed with our emotions because of that. One way to, to take care of that is to help is to move out of our emotional centers into a different part of our brain. Talking about it to you, talking about it to a friend, activates the verbal centers of the brain 
And then the emotional centers start to die down. And then the prefrontal cortex takes over. Same thing happens when, I, when we have girls journal. They leave the emotional center of their brain and they start writing and that, those parts of their brain activate. And so the emotional centers, the energy there can dissipate. And when the prefrontal cortex takes over, reason can supplant emotion, which is a good thing. Because a lot of times when you're all totally into the emotional parts, then nothing seems to make sense. And then we're unreasonable, we exaggerate, etc. I want girls to learn to take some quiet time to check in with themselves and ask themselves a question. What am I feeling? What's going on inside of me? What do I need right now? They need to learn to cultivate quiet alone time to be able to do that kind of reflection. And that's hard to get kids to do that today because they're so busy and there's so many ways to be distracted with phones and walls and scrolling and TikTok videos, etc. So I want them to learn to ask themselves, what am I feeling, what's going on, and what do I need? And then to learn to do those things and take care of themselves. Another issue. Uh, parents of girls in middle school and high school start worrying about peer pressure. Is my daughter going to be able to fight it off? Are they going to be able to resist peer pressure? And so a lot of times, parents' first response is to restrict them. Uh, you can't hang out with these people because I heard they're drinking. You can't go to this house because there's, there's a party uh, or because their parents aren't, aren't very attentive. And so I want you, instead of just restricting her, I want you to learn to listen to her and try and learn about how she's thinking and how she's taking care of herself. So I would ask her that question. How do you handle peer pressure? I know you go to parties sometimes uh, where people are drinking, people are vaping, people are doing whatever. I'm curious about, um, if you, you're telling me you don't drink, which is, which is great, but how? How do, you, how do you handle yourself? Is there pressure from other kids? If so, how do, you, how do you resist? What goes on inside you that allows you to do that? I want you to get inside her head and hear how she's thinking. There was a girl in one of my groups who uh, would come in in these really interesting, cool outfits, um, just like and vintage. She looks like she like she should have been like in, in the 1950s or maybe the 1920s, like like and being a flapper because she goes to thrift stores and buys all these really cool outfits and she puts them together. She loves doing that. So I asked her, you know, why she did that, and she said, "I'm sick of, of all the vanilla people at my school who all dress the same, talk the same, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So she said, "I just there's a part of me that just." I'm not like that. I just want to express myself, and this feels good. This feels like me. Makes sense to me. That's not good for you. So you can start asking your, your daughters how they're handling the pressure around them. How do they do it? How do they go to parties and not partake, if you will? That leads into another question, which is, what are their thoughts on alcohol, vaping, drugs, sexuality? And once again, be more curious than restrictive. Be more curious than punitive. Listen and learn how she thinks about those issues. Ask her about alcohol. Ask her about vaping. If she says, I don't do that, I'd say, why? I'm, I'm, I'm curious because I hear a lot of kids your age are doing those things. Why is it you don't? And then you'll hear. I've had, I've had girls tell me that they've had some addiction problems with people in their family. 
they may have a dad or a mom who drinks or a grandparent and that they don't drink or smoke or whatever because of that. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons why they may not uh, do those things. I, in one of my groups uh, last semester, the girls, this is, this is a group of high school girls, they were talking about clothes and how they, they were so upset because of the double standard. Uh, there's a, a um, I think it's Netflix, a Netflix movie that came out called Moxie, which, by the way, would be a good movie, I think, to sit and watch with your daughter, especially if your daughter's in high school, maybe middle school. I'm trying to remember if there's anything that was that naughty or whatever in it. But a story about these high schoolers, and it's mostly about the girls, about how they are, they're kind of struggling with what's going on, um, and also about how they're being treated by the boys and the school. And there was one girl who had like a, a spaghetti strap top on, and she was, you know, it showed off some of her breasts. Not all of it, but just some of it. It was kind of revealing. And so the teacher told her she, uh, she needed to go to the office and get a sweater or a coat and cover it up, if you will. And she was like, why do I have to do that? And, and they had just shown in the movie uh, a couple of guys on the football team who, in school, a couple of them at the assembly had taken their shirts off. And nobody said a word. They all laughed, and all the teachers and the principal. She's like, that's not, that's not fair. That's not right. Um, it's a double standard, if you will. So anyway, we were talking about that, and one of the girls was talking about how she had a hard time finding clothes be, uh, because she's large-breasted. And she said, it's always been a problem. She said, I see these girls... Uh, who are more flat-chested, they can wear anything, and I, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to find clothes that I like, that where I can express myself, where I don't hang out, if you will. Um, so she said, what happens is, if I walk downstairs with that outfit, my mom or my dad says, you're not wearing that, you look like a hooker, you look like a slut, or whatever. And those are the things that a lot of girls hear. I would want to know why they're dressing that way, what they're trying to show what, they're, what, they're, what, what, they, what are they expressing? I would ask them questions about sexuality. If they say, I'm not willing to have sex until, you know, whatever, I say, why? What's your reasons? How are you thinking about it? That's how I think you will learn about your daughter. And once they give you information about where they're at, sometimes you can add to it with, with some facts or some information. You might be able, to, in some ways, to share some of your stories. You won't learn that if you're just being punitive, restricting, or lecturing. I'd be more curious about where they're at with it and why. Okay, let me finish up here with two questions that are kind of sort of related. The first one is, it might be valuable to you to ask your daughter along the way, how are you doing as a parent? How am I doing as your dad? How am I doing as your mom? Are there some things that I do that feels annoying to you? What are some things that I do that, that feels supportive? Uh, and it, all along the way, at every age, I would ask them, how do you want to be supported at this age? Because it changes, obviously. The way they want to be su supported when they're in second grade is different than when they're in sixth grade, which is different than when they're eighth grade, tenth grade, senior in high school, or if they go off to college. I tell girls all the time, you are constantly teaching your parents how to treat you. So you need to have conversations that says, this feels good, this doesn't. I remember my daughter was, I guess it was middle school or high school. It's been a while. Um, she's in her mid-30s. But I remember asking her one time, you know, how am I doing as a dad? And she, 
She said, oh, you're doing a good job, River. I said, you know, I, um, I know you have more of a private world now. I said, but I just, would you mind sometimes just sort of letting me know how I'm doing? I just need the feedback sometimes just so I, it reassures me. She's like, sure. And so sometimes like on a birthday card or a Christmas card or whatever, she would say some things like, blah, blah, blah. I appreciate this. I love you. And by the way, you're doing a good job. And even though you may think that sounds silly, it meant something to me that she was thinking about it and, and giving me some sense of reassurance. So I would, I would be asking along the way, how do you want to be supported? And am I supporting you in the way that feels good to you? Um, I've had lots of girls tell me, girls who are athletes, that they can't stand it when their parents, and especially their dads, coach them on the way to the game and on the way home. And when they walk in the door, it's like they're constantly coaching. And so I tell them, have you told your dad? Well, I did one time. He didn't really listen. I said, well, you need to tell him again. And you need to sit him down and say, look, this is really important to me. I want you to listen, and please don't interrupt and when I'm done talking, I want you to tell me what you think you hear me say. And then tell her that I'd rather you're on the way home from the game that you do it this way. Just say, good game, or I really, I really love watching you play. And I tell them, tell your dads or moms that if I want some feedback or some coaching, I'll ask. If not, please don't. I want you to be my dad, not my coach. Same thing goes with things like homework. Same thing goes with Please don't ask me 50 questions when I walk in the door from school. Same thing happens when they go off to college. I, I always advise young women who I see in my counseling practice, educate your parents about this is how I want it to look when I'm not at home, when I'm in a dorm. I don't want to talk eight times a day. Text If you text me, I'm not going to you know respond within three seconds. And if I don't respond within five seconds, please don't call the police or the campus police. I'll, I'll get back with you at some point, but I'm going away to college because I want to get away. So let's establish some ground rules, some agreements about how our relationship is going to look. So all along the way, ask that question. And last but not least, the question is, how can we spend some time together? I think all of your daughters need to have some special time with you, some one-on-one -on -one time. And that can look like a lot of things. But especially let it look like what's their interest that you can join. I have a lot of parents who will do things with their daughters, and it's because that's what their favorite thing is. And the daughters go along, and if I ask the girls, is it fun? Yeah, you know, it's kind of okay to be with my, my mom or my dad, but, but I hate shopping or I hate whatevering. So ask them, if we had some more time together, what would you want it to look like? And I would, I would set aside time. I would pull out your calendars and literally... Put it into your into your your uh, books. Otherwise, everyone gets busy and then it doesn't happen. So it'd be nice to be able to, to establish some rituals, especially when they're young, because if you start doing those kinds of little quote unquote dates when they're five or seven, of course they want to do you know it's easy to do that when they're five or seven. Uh, sometimes it's a harder sell if they're seventeen because they're busy and because they're not used to it. And if no matter what age they are now, start. And if it's a little awkward at first, it'll it'll be it'll get better. You'll get used to it, and it'll the awkwardness will wear off. I would suggest that when you're out together, you make some ground rules about maybe she doesn't. This is what they tell me anyway. Please, I don't want to talk about grades every time. I don't want to talk about school. I don't want to talk about you know you coaching me about my sport. Um, just talk about fun stuff. 
talk, and ask her, what do you want to talk about? So it's not just you being on her and doing the typical, like, you know, how are your grades? Are you turning your homework in? That kind of thing. I'd also make sure, by the way, that no matter how old your daughter is, that you tuck her in every night before bed. And even though she might be 14 or 16 or 18 and thinks she's too old for that, she is never too old for that. So I would make sure that you ask them how they want to spend time with you. I would, in some way, shape, or form, find some ways that you can create that time despite your schedule and their schedule. I would make it happen. The best way to be an influence in your daughter's life is to have a close relationship with her where she knows that you're there. She knows you're a good listener. She knows you won't judge her. Um, she, she knows that you'll get in her shoes and, and see things from her point of view. Not necessarily to agree with her, but just, just to be more empathetic. If you establish that with what we've been talking about today with some of these questions, then you will be able to remain an influence in her life all the way through the teen years and even beyond that. These are really important questions to be asking your daughter all along the way. To know her better, to know what makes her tick, to know what's going on inside of her head, to know what's going on inside of her heart, to know what motivates her. All these things are, are great ways to stay connected in a way that's deeper than just a typical, do you have homework tonight? Or, you know, how are your friends or whatever. I hope this helps. And if it helps, it might even be good to listen to, a, to a, these podcasts with your daughter and see what she says about those questions. Maybe write them down just so you don't forget. So in those moments where, where you uh, might forget about asking her about her mistakes, about getting in other people's shoes or about um, why she loves her activities, whatever. So I hope this helps. I also hope that you keep passing these on and sharing these with people who may not be listening to these podcasts. I really appreciate that. I'll be back in the next week or two with another podcast. Sometimes I, I also write blogs, which I think are interesting, similar kind of topics. Just go to our website at, at drtimjordan.com, and there's a section for the with the podcast. They'll have all the podcasts. You can go back in my library. There's, I think there's 100 and something, 120 something or 130 podcasts, and there's, gosh, there's like 450 blogs. So all on different kinds of topics that I think will be of interest to you because you are probably raising a daughter or working with girls. Thanks for dropping by. I will be back here in the next week or two to be with you. Uh, take care of yourselves and remember these questions. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 